Hey, um, prepare for a wonderful, wonderful episode of the Super Divorce Supercast, and uh, we're going to help you get prepared with this introduction yes. to our Boss Monster program. Uh-huh. This uh, episode, we, fresh off of playing two rounds of the card game Boss Monster, we uh, just talk about it a little bit and review it. It's not from the 80s, but it's very nostalgic nonetheless. Very much inspired by 80s yeah. uh, video gaming. Yeah, very, very 80s inspired. So we talk about that for a bit, and then we got sidetracked on a tangent. We talked about movies mm-hmm. for a while. Not too long, I mean, but still. Yeah. So uh, before we get into the show, check us out at superdivorceme.com. Facebook.com slash SuperDivorce, Instagram at SuperDivorceBand, Twitter at SuperDivorce, and Snapchat SuperDivorce. If you want to get in touch with me on social media, Nicholas Villars, uh, I am at Nicholas Villars on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. It's the key to your city. It is. Wherever you want to, wherever you would like to uh, get a hold of me, that's how you do it. Uh, if you want to follow me on social media, my Instagram is at BenderButt. My Twitter is at BenderButts, and my Snapchat is BendersButt. Um, so, you know, hit me up or whatever. I'm always down to clown, I guess. <laughs> Your DTC. Yeah, clowning around <laughs> on, on, on Snapchat or whatever. <clears throat> yeah. That's, so Yeah, that's it. That's good. Also, when you go to our .com... Uh, at super uh, superdivorceme.com scroll down to the bottom of the page there and sign up for our mailing list because we're going to have lots of cool stuff to tell you very shortly Ooh. the news is going to start flowing and 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 uh, careening over the precipice <laughs> of the creative ledge and we're uh, going to we're going to break the levee with all of our news <laughs> the uh, yeah there are so many, so many holes in the dike. We can no longer, we don't have enough fingers to plug the holes in, in the dike, and it's it's about to explode. So, so uh, well, hey, that's a children's story. Yeah, it is. Different things when well, you're an adult. Well, just shows you how how depraved we've become. Yeah. As a society, we can't. You can't just go around talking about plugging up dikes anymore. (laughs) (laughs) It's unacceptable. Uh, What's the world come to? Ah, Man, when you can't even use the word dike to refer to dikes. To plug it up? Yeah, you can't do that. I know. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about plugging up dikes that are leaking. Yeah. Because you don't want a leaky dike. Right. It's... Well, All right. Um, okay. You can enjoy the show now. Have a good one. Enjoy this. We are not getting a divorce. We are not getting a divorce. Hey, man. Welcome to the Super Divorce Supercast. Nicholas here and Bender, and today uh, we're gonna discuss a little tabletop card game called Boss Monster that we just got done playing. Yep, just walked right upstairs from playing it in the kitchen. 
It is a dungeon building card game. Yes. So, um... Kicking, kick, gotta kick cats out of the room. Um, yeah, so uh, this is uh, it's a game that I have been uh, looking at for probably close, I don't know, I wouldn't say a year. Some months. I've seen it around, It's yeah. been some months. Every time I, I would go to uh, pick up comics at Nostalgia Inc., I would see this game sitting on the shelf, and I was like, I don't know, I've contemplated buying it. Many, many times, and I finally did. Yeah. And uh, and we just played it, and it was a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. Now, the reason we picked this, by the way, you know, last week we just said that we're going to start bringing you all stuff from the 80s. Mm-hmm. Well, Boss Monster is not a card game from the 80s. It's, no. It's very new. However, um, we decided to go over the game uh, because it features very... 80s 8-bit artwork and the box itself is modeled after like uh, an old nintendo cartridge box yeah the old classic nintendo yeah the classic nintendo so it's very it's it's retro and it can bring about some nostalgia Mm -hmm. so uh, that's all what we're all about nostalgic nostalgia all of the all of the cards feature some fantastic pixel art um, it looks like, you know, it, it honestly looks much better than like the very first Nintendo games that would have come out. It looks like you're, uh, like ghosting ghouls almost. Yeah. Like very late era NES slash early Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Um, for some of this, from the sprites yeah. that you get here. Um, but uh, the cards are a lot of fun to look at. The descriptions are, are neat and wacky. Um, so yeah, if I, if you're listening, you're probably a fan of, of kind of the same type of shit that we're into to some degree. Or else you wouldn't be here because we talk about the same kind of stuff every week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, that's kind of the, the look and feel of the game. Um, just... Uh, just gonna kind of spitball on our impressions of it and so yeah the uh the artwork great quality yeah it's a lot it's really fun like nick said it is really fun to look at um a lot of the you know the cards you you've got your different categories of cards and they all they all feature nice little 8-bit pictures and Mm. It's they're they're fun. It's it's bright. It's like a it's like a colorful game, you know, despite being in a dungeon. Yeah. Uh and the another cool thing is cer- some of the cards um if it is sort of like referencing something, they make the sprite look like what it's referencing. For example, uh there is a what was it called? Centipede's Tunnel or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That card, uh, the picture on the card was the centipede from, like, the Atari centipede. Yeah. Or uh, we noticed, probably my favorite one, honestly, we noticed there's a card called uh, Liger's something or other, Liger's Den or something like that. 
and the Liger on the card is 100% the Liger from Napoleon Dynamite that yeah. he draws. Just like a, a kind of 8-bit pixel art An version. An 8-bit pixel version, and it's it's so good. So, you know, some of the pictures, if, if it has reference to something else in pop culture, then... There's uh, one called uh, Brain Sucker Hive that's very much Metroid. Metroid, yeah. Little Metroid monsters. So there's a lot of little... Um, homages Mm -hmm. throughout the game and it makes it a lot of fun to like be looking at these cards or you know draw a card from the deck and be like oh that's really cool because i know what that is yeah but um we we played through two games so we probably didn't even see some of the cards right um there it is liger's den liger's den Yeah. yeah it's hilarious liger's den once per turn when you play a spell card draw a spell card so You've got the game, It's as Bender said, you've got some different categories on the cards. You've got one deck uh, of room cards. Oh yeah, the, the fighter. Definitely Ghosts and Goblins. Yeah. I didn't even notice that before. Yeah. You've got a room deck. You've got a deck of uh, spell cards that you can play. There's um, your boss card deck that uh, you draw a, bar, a, a boss card to start the game. And each player has their own boss for their dungeon. <clears throat> and kind of the, the object of the game is to draw adventurers into your dungeon. You get to kind of craft and build your personal dungeon where you're trying to lure adventurers into and then kill them all. Um, what is it? You, you have to kill. You, you have, have to, to collect ten, ten souls. souls. Uh, and if they, if a hero makes it through your dungeon without dying, it's a wound yeah. against your um, your boss, mm-hmm. and you can only sustain five wounds. Right. So, and that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to take five adventurers to wound you five times, because right. the uh, you've got like your hero deck, and then there's an epic hero deck that you start drawing from once all the regular heroes have been exhausted. Yeah. So if if uh, player one and player two and you can play up to four people you can have four dungeons going um but if you get through that that first wave of heroes then the epic heroes typically are worth two souls but they also cause two wounds if they make it through your dungeon and they have about double the hit points of your uh regular heroes yeah so it gets uh, it gets pretty intense, you know, when you exhaust your regular heroes and you get into the epic heroes. I mean, just uh, the second game we played, uh, I was I was a little behind mm-hmm. Nick with my soul collections, and uh, then we got to the first round of epic heroes, and they killed Nick. Yep. just like that, first turn. Yep. It just so I ended up winning. I won the first game. He did. the second one. So we'll, yep. next time will be the old rubber match mm-hmm. to see who the, uh, the ultimate true... warrior is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I had, I had fun with it. It's like any other game, really, uh, video game or card game. Um, once you figure out what you're doing, you start moving along and it becomes just kind of second nature. You yeah. know the rules of it. I feel like it's... It, well depending on the video game. I remember the first time I played Mass Effect, I had that feeling, and I have with some other games like Final Fantasy. Uh-huh. When 
they just throw all the shit at you at the beginning and it's almost like, oh, fuck, this is too much. I don't even know how I'm going to be able to play this. Right. But inevitably, once you learn all of the rules and you learn when to use what, it becomes very easy. In this game, um, once, you, uh, once you pick up on what you're supposed to do, how the rounds are supposed to play out, then I can see how you could probably whiz through one of these games in like probably 15 minutes. Yeah. I mean, you our know? second game did not take long at all. No, I feel like it probably was maybe 15 or 20 minutes. Yeah. And the game itself uh, says that it's supposed to only take about 30 minutes to play. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's one of those that uh, I feel like you could play, and especially if you're playing with like four people, mm-hmm. you like blow through a round and then shuffle the cards and like try yeah. again because uh you know as we said the object of the game is to like lure heroes into your dungeon and then have your dungeon set up in a way that is going to be difficult for them to get through so that you can kill them and collect their souls um and you lure them by each card has a treasure icon and then each hero has a specific treasure they're looking for so if you have the most swords in your dungeon all the fighters are going to come to you and if you have the most gold then all the thieves are going to come to you and you know so on um but it's it's really fun because you as the dungeon master Mm -hmm. have to strategize the cards that you're playing to uh you know get the get your damage points as high as you can to defeat all these heroes and everything. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, shuffling the cards and going at it again makes it, it seems like it would just be so fun to try to figure out what to do every time. I feel like it'd be really cool if you did have a group of four people. You, you could easily spend an entire night just playing yeah, this game. Yeah, it was just like over and over, and over. You know, there's the spell cards. Some of the spell cards affect your own dungeon. Some spell cards affect other people's dungeons. And that's why... That's another thing I think would be fun to play with more people because, you know, some of them are like, choose another player. And obviously, as much fun as we had with just Nick and I, we draw one of those cards. It's like, okay, well, mm-hmm. I'm going to pick you, obviously. But, you know, having more people and uh, throwing spell cards across the tables and things like that would be You know fun. what would be really cool is if you had a four-person night set up and everyone brought, like, twenty dollars in fucking Sacagawea coins <laughs> and then you, you could bet during at the beginning of every every game and you have like your little stash yeah. in the center and the winner of gold. The winner gets the gold. God. <laughs> that would be kind of fun. That would be pretty cool. And then maybe the maybe you could have like an honorary little satchel uh-huh. that the winner could put their spoils in at the end of the evening. Yeah. Yeah, just get a little Crown Royal satchel. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tempted to do that now. That would be so fun. Um, yeah, that, but that makes me think, um, slightly off topic, I wanted to tell you earlier, I went out to, uh, what's the place called? It's in Kettering. They sell old games and tabletop shit, a lot of cards, Um Epic loot? No. In Kettering? Mm-hmm. May, I don't know if you... I don't know if I've ever been there. No? I don't I don't know. Is it just a game store? Yeah. Okay. It's geared mostly towards, like, tabletop games. Gem City? Mm-mm. 
but I picked up like a few NES games at this place. I, I actually oh, I called. I don't know anywhere you can buy NES games. Yeah, um, I'll have to look it up while we're chattering. There were phones right there. Oh yeah. Uh, but anyway, I went out there yesterday because I had called like every single game store in like the tri-state area that sold nes games uh-huh. looking for bad dudes bad dudes yeah have you ever played bad dudes no. before god i andrew came over last night and we yeah. played it and like we were talking about talking a big game beforehand like yeah we're gonna fucking let's fuck this game up man and we played for maybe like 20 minutes and it's just like so ridiculously hard like like, i think the furthest we made it was on to like the second level oh my god but it's amazing when you're going back through and playing games from that era because like those i mean yeah there were still adult gamers back then but most of the kids playing games were like probably between the ages of five and ten yeah you know and And those games are so hard it's like I remember playing the game when I was a little kid. I mean, it, yeah, but you, you just sat there and played it over and over again. You would probably play the first level over a million and over times. and over. Yeah. And there's so many games from that era that I've probably never seen past level two or three. Yeah. You know? I've, I'm the same way. I feel like, uh, uh, you know, it took me... I don't know how long, because the first, like, really, the first game I ever owned myself was, uh, well, it was Killer Instinct, but that's just a fighting game, but my, my grandma did have, uh, Mario Brothers on Game Boy, Mm -hmm. and I don't, I don't know how long, you know, I was probably playing when I was five and six or whatever, and, uh, I probably didn't actually beat the game till I was, like, a teenager. Yeah. Like, it's just so difficult you know but now i mean now i've i haven't played it in a long time but i could probably breeze through it in like 20 minutes i'm sure i think i've i've gotten through the first mario in about 10 minutes like the nes mario Mm -hmm. i know that's like laughable compared to whatever the world record is but you know um it was called no limit gaming by the way no limit gaming i've never Mm -hmm. heard of it yeah it's a pretty big store, but they had a lot of tables set up. You know, there were kids in there playing games. And I heard, like, a fucking story that this kid was telling, and it just felt like something out of a movie. I felt bad for him. Really? Yeah. He was, like, sitting there playing, and uh, him and his friends were doing some sort of card game. And um, this, uh, this kid, he's kind of like... Kind of like Chunk, you know? Okay. Or like Horace from Monster Squad. Just yeah. a classic, like, you know, pudgy, nerdy kid. <laughs> yeah. And he was talking to his buddy, and I overheard him say, like, Oh, hey, man, here, put your put your number in my phone, because I lost all my contacts when some kid at school took my phone and reset it to factory settings. Oh, my God. Like, what a dick. Yeah, for real. Like, he, but he, the way he said it, he just kind of like laughed it off. Yeah. I was like, man, this kid probably deals with shit like this all the time. But, probably. But it's cool that, you know, those uh, that crowd has a place to go and hang out where they don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure. It actually makes me a little jealous 
when I look and see kids like that are probably between the ages of like, you know, eight and 13 or 14 hanging uh-huh. out at places like that, you know, yeah. your parents drop you off and you go in and play D and D and like card games with other kids. It seems like a cool thing to, to be able to do as a youngster. Yeah. I always, I remember being a kid and, uh, always like wanting to hang out at arcades, Yeah, but that it, it was like a dying thing when mm-hmm. I was a kid. So I had a, I had a couple opportunities, you know, like especially that great arcade at the Dayton mall. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there was a good one at Middletown mall as well for a while. They had a nice arcade too. And I remember having, you know, a number of opportunities to like spend a couple hours yeah. in the arcade. Uh, and that was always fun, but it, it definitely like I was, I caught the tail end of the arcade days because yeah. they were all gone. They're all gone now just about. Yeah. The one know. in the mall was called pocket change. I think pocket change. Yeah. And it was the best when it was downstairs and they moved it upstairs it wasn't quite as good. No. And then they, they were replacing a lot of the arcade cabinets with just like the fucking redemption games. Coin games. Yeah. Yeah. You give you tickets, you know, the one that stopped the light that's swirling yep. around, you know. And... Yep. And a lot of the cabinets were fighting games too. I mean, yeah. which are cool, mm-hmm. but, you know, it wasn't like... You didn't have like uh, like a golden axe or like yeah. a you know even like a battle toads or you know side scrolling fighters. They didn't have a lot of those. I remember watching my friend beat the Star Wars game at the mall arcade one the, time. The um, one where you like pilot the yeah. X wings and everything. Really, and then you fight Darth Vader at the end. Yeah, with the droid stick, mm-hmm. which is like the most cumbersome, yeah, ridiculous way to fight. Yeah. Back then, I guess it seemed kind of cool. Yeah. Because it was like the lightsaber. You hadn't, I mean, nowadays, you're used to motion controls and the Wii and shit like right. that. So it's very dated at this point. But back then, it was neat. So, uh, yeah. Um, tabletop shit. Good stuff. Yeah. I like, I, I, I like to, uh, I think I, I told you downstairs that I saw they've got a, at least a couple expansion packs for boss monster which i'd like to pick up if you know even if i didn't really have fun playing it i, I would probably buy the the cards just to have them yeah because they're fun to look at but it is fun to play as well so double win for sure how uh i might want to pick it up too i think it's i think it's a fun game although if i'm when I'm ever with my crowd of friends that plays games, mm-hmm. I'm sure they've like multiple of them yeah. have copies of Boss Monster. Yeah, I have one kind of uh, friend of friends, you know. Um, but whenever that group is together, he is the game master. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, you know, I when we were trying to figure out how to play Boss Monster. Um, one thing we learned is just look up a YouTube tutorial. Yeah. Because nowadays, first of all, they exist. Mm-hmm. There's a bunches of them. And especially for me, like I'm a very visual learner. So yeah. having a guy on my phone sit there and talk about what's on the table and talk about why he's doing what he's doing. I, I mean, like Nick was, uh, 
you know, dealing with uh, his son Lazarus for a couple minutes or whatever. And in that time, like, I really caught on because I was just watching a video of this guy playing with his son. Yeah. And then when you relayed the information to me, it was much easier than trying to divine all the stuff from the instruction booklet because, I mean, it's okay, but... I feel like there are a few things that you're kind of left in the dark on yeah. when you're just trying to read from the booklet to figure out what you're supposed to do. Yeah. So if you can watch someone teach you exactly how to do it, see a game in action, uh-huh. then it's much easier to retain. Yeah. But my buddy, uh, Ryan is his name. He's like the game master and he could have his own YouTube channel of running tutorials because every time that group of friends parties and someone's playing games mm-hmm. ryan is always at the head of the table going okay guys now this is blah, blah, blah. and i'm like how do you know how mm-hmm. to play so many games because tabletop games are complicated yeah. as fuck <laughs> like they take so much to learn but he's always the one that's like dishing out rules and explaining things to people i guess maybe if if you play enough of them, you start to see like a thread that maybe runs through most games and and the concepts are a little bit easier to grasp because you've seen something kind of like this in this other game that you played. Right. You know, they all don't use exact same elements, but there are overlaps here and there that kind of make it easier to pick up on. So, yeah, but we always, he's always got card games and board games and stuff for people to play. That's fun. I still wanna, I still wanna play Hero Quest. Oh Let's shit! Play. Yeah, I forgot I you had Hero Quest. Yeah, that's something we could do for the podcast, right? Yeah, we could. Yeah, that'd be a good one. That would be a good one. Did that come out in the eighties, or is it mm-hmm. older than that? Um, I'm pretty sure that did come out in the eighties. So, we'll have to do a Hero Quest episode. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. We'll slowly just turn into a tabletop game. Oh my podcast. god, we can't. <laughs> we have to. I was gonna say that would be really fun. Let's wait for like four podcasts yeah. before we do it. Well, um, I don't know. I mean, just just uh, just give Boss Monster. Just check it out. It's yeah. it's a lot of fun. It was only like twenty five bucks. Yeah, no big deal. And it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, we're obviously, we've managed to talk about it a lot, but without sitting here and breaking down the rules for you, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a fairly basic game. And like we said, the second round we played only took probably, you know, 15, 20 minutes or so. So you you really run through the game quickly. I mean, what what time did you get here? Like 6.30 or so? And Yeah, I got here like right around 6.30. And having never opened the game before we were through two games by like eight thirty. right so we went from having never played it never opening it to going through the rules and successfully playing two games yeah in under two hours so that's that's pretty good considering like how long it took to uh figure out how to make it through one game of arkham horror oh my god yeah that's like uh, I told Nick downstairs. I was like, "Man, after I watched that YouTube tutorial, like that's what we need to do for Arkham Horror because yeah. there that game was just like insane, yeah. so insane." It's got like a novel for the instruction book, right? You know? but, but uh, yeah, so 
fun little game. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I enjoyed it. I, lo- I was looking through the monsters, and it looked to, to me like Gorgana, I mm-hmm. think, seemed like she had one of the best uh, level-up abilities. Yeah. Because it's just like, as soon as she levels up, she can pick any hero from the town and just automatically kill them and collect their soul. Oh, that's pretty good. And I was like, oh, I like that one. I'm gonna see. Yeah, Gorgana. Yep. She's kind of like Medusa. Yeah. With a snake body. Choose a hero in town. Immediately kill that hero and place it face down in your scorekeeping area. But she has low XP. No, oh, only yeah. five hundo. Five hundo. You started out with Draculord, who has like nine hundred yeah. XP. Your XP of your boss decides which player goes first. Yeah. The player with uh, the boss who has the highest XP gets to go first every round. And that's that's the only thing that XP determines. Yeah. The bosses are really just there as like the figurehead of your dungeon. They mm-hmm. don't attack, they don't have like hit points or anything. Well, they have the five. You can only take five hits. Yeah. Uh, from heroes, but they don't damage the heroes themselves. No, they're just kind of like there, and they, you know, you build your dungeon off of them. Yeah, you've got Gorgana, Draculord, the Hypnotic Vampire, Zyzax, Progenitor Lich, Cerebellus, Father Brain, King Croak, the Sultan of the Sewers, Seducia, Sorceress of Sexiness. <laughs> Robobo. Angry Golem. And Cleopatra. Mother of Mummies. Yeah. Speaking of mummies, did you see the trailer for the new mummy? I've seen... Yeah, I've seen two of the trailers, I think. Uh, looks pretty disappointing. I am, I'm not. I... You know... You know, Universal is trying to do this whole, like classic monster revival uh and they're trying to somehow make it like a shared universe yeah i don't get it like i don't i don't think it's worth it the problem to me is that it doesn't look like a horror movie in any way no it like and i'm not even i'm not trying to be a hater here legitimately compared to the new trailer I think that the Brendan Fraser mummy looks a million times better. Yeah. You know, just there, there doesn't seem to be anything scary about this new mummy movie they're doing. It looks more like a Marvel or DC film. Yeah. Just like action action movie. Yeah. And the whole, you know, the, in the, in the trailer or whatever, they've got the mummy, like, bringing forward a sandstorm or some shit like that and then her face comes out of it and i'm just like they did this yeah. they did this in every mummy movie with brendan fraser yeah. like it was the sand in the first one and it was the water in the second one and i never saw the third one but i'm just gonna assume they did it with mm-hmm. snow because they were in like the himalayas and i'm just like what you can't you can't come up with anything more original than having the mummy's face come out of a sandstorm. Mm-hmm. Like, it just, yeah. When you say, you know, I know they're classic monsters and 
the movies, the old movies aren't necessarily scary. It's certainly not by our today's standards. However, they are considered classic horror movies. So if you're going to remake it, you should turn it into a horror movie. Spin it that way. Make it scary. Make it R-rated, you know? I they mean, have a certain feel to them, you know? They're creepy. A uniqueness. Yeah. yeah. And they they definitely don't feel like action movies. Not, you no, know? not at all. So I feel like they should have done something. It just looks like a big, bright action film starring yeah. Tom Cruise. Yeah. Like, it, I don't get it. I don't... Whatever they were trying to do, I have a feeling they totally missed the mark. You know? Well, because Dracula Untold was also supposed to be part of this this whole new universe, and I heard that movie was just terrible as well. And I so I don't really know where where they're going with it. I feel like if they want to do this, maybe they should just try again. Yeah, wipe just, it clean, try again. Yeah. And take a little more inspiration from the movies that they're trying to, you know, remake. Because, I mean, I you know, I, the, I think, like, Hammer did it right. Mm-hmm. Like, you have the classic movies, and then the classic Universal movies, and then Hammer comes in, and you've got, like, the Christopher Lee yeah. Dracula movies. And, I've you know, I've never, like, sat down and watched them, but I'm assuming because of Hammer, they're much gorier. You know, there's they're still dark like vampire movies or whatever. You know, even like uh, I have seen most of Argento's Dracula, and that's got a lot of like blood and stuff in it. It's like you you gotta stick to the source and just improve on it. Not yeah. like I don't need these big budget like you know fanfares of like vampires and mm-hmm. mummies and all this stuff. Like I want it to be fucking scary. Yeah, and bloody. Or if it's not going to be like that, then do what Monster Squad did. Yeah. I feel like they probably accomplished in one movie what this Universal stuff is trying to do. Probably. Billions and billions of dollars spread across however many films they plan on making. I don't know. It just, you know, and the other thing about franchising is like, I, you know, I just feel bad. Or I, I always am like skeptical whenever somebody announces they're going to try to franchise something. Yeah. Because now excluding, I'm going to exclude Star Wars from mm-hmm. this because they're like, it's one of the greatest franchises ever. Um, and they are coming back into the game yeah. with the new movies, you know. So they're excluded from this statement because I love them and everything. But, um,. Whenever I see a new franchise popping up, I'm like, you will not do as well as Marvel. Mm-hmm. Like, like it. I, they're supposed to be uh, a Universal Monsters franchise. They're trying to make a Transformers. They have the Transformers franchise, but now they want to like spin off of it and create a Transformers cinematic universe. Yeah, you know, and I'm just like everyone is just trying to copy what marvel did because Mm -hmm. they are so successful with what they did i mean i don't hate the idea if it's done if it's done well if it's executed properly but i feel like what i would like to see is you know uh take dc for instance 
I don't like the fact that DC has their movie universe and then their TV shows are completely different. Yeah. That bothers me. It, like, makes me not want to watch the TV shows. Right. Because I, it's like none of it matters. Yeah. I, I get, like, especially being a comic book fan, you have to just accept multiple universes and alternate realities and all this stuff. Right. It's like, why not use all of these different forms of media to to construct something cohesive uh-huh you know like marvel yeah like marvel. agents of shield works mm-hmm. into the movies yeah and i don't know if uh if their street level stuff is like acknowledged as being a part of the no cinematic... their street level stuff is different from the cinematic universe yeah see i still don't understand why what because the comic books aren't right comic books aren't different the characters exist in the same universe, but they really don't overlap very often. Right. They don't have to, but you could at least say, yeah, this stuff you're watching here is happening in the same world as the Avengers, but, but they're now, not really going to... Right. However, I think DC is a little bit different because they said, like, yeah, there are TV shows are, like, their own thing. Yeah. So I'm going to correct myself. Um, Marvel is not going to bring their street level characters into the movies. Yeah. But the like Daredevil starts out with the fallout from Avengers. Mm-hmm. So like things that happen in the movies affect the TV shows. Yeah. But they've they're I think they've said like they have no plans for the TV shows to cross into the movies at all like like physically yeah you know that's that's all right yeah i can deal with that but i i like the idea of it all being in the same world right like if you know if avengers infinity comes out and i don't know like a couple characters die or whatever i mean now daredevil's never met up with them but it would be cool for like the maybe hopefully the fourth season of daredevil by that point mm-hmm. you know he's listening to the news and yeah. the world weeps as captain america and iron man fall uh, like yeah. you know you get just an acknowledgement just an acknowledgement because and marvel's really good at that mm-hmm. easter eggs yeah because it makes the the fan connection feel stronger right you're rewarded in a sense for paying attention yeah you know so i don't know yeah. A little bit of a tangent there, yeah, which we were supposed to avoid with this new setup. But well, that's okay. Yeah, it's gonna okay. happen. We talked about our main dish, yeah, chefs, <laughs> <laughs> and you got uh, some extra dessert, yeah. As well, so um, I do want to tell you guys a story real quick, uh, a story of the perfect couple, mm-hmm. Nicholas and Jesse Villars. Mm-hmm. And how wonderful they are, uh, and how well they know me. So, uh, Jess is at Star Wars Celebration in Florida right now. And uh, a couple weeks back when, um, I think Bleeding Cool on Facebook had posted, like, here's your Funko Pop exclusives for Star Wars Celebration. And lo and behold, there's a fucking Thrawn Pop vinyl. And I'm sure I know I talked. We talked about it on uh, Super Fanatics, the yeah. one episode. I'm sure I've mentioned it on the podcast before. But Thrawn is like not only my favorite Star Wars character, but one of my favorite characters, just like period. 
And uh, so I just, like, posted on Facebook about, oh, like, going to have to get ready to fight on eBay for this one. Well, Jesse commented on it and said, like, oh, I'll keep my eye out and everything. Um, well, today I get some text messages from her. And uh, basically, because she's tattooing at the convention, she got to go in early. And she found the booth or whatever and they had like 30 thrawn pops just like sitting out and when she tried to buy one the guy was like man all these are for a raffle yeah like you can come back at two o'clock when we release the other ones to the public so she went back at two o'clock and wouldn't you know it they're all fucking sold out yeah so she's texting me about it though and she says like i swear to god like i have multiple people trying to find one and which is like so sweet like i you know that she's trying that hard you know um but the funny thing about this is not 30 minutes 30 minutes after jesse is texting me telling me she's gonna try super hard to find thrawn pop vinyl for me I get a Facebook message from Nick, and it's a picture of a brand new Thrawn uh, action figure, like the uh, 3.75 inch Star Wars figures. And he's like, hey, do you have this? <laughs> I was like, no. I didn't even know it was out. And he was like, cool, I'll buy it for you. Yeah. So it's happened before where these two have messaged me separately about the exact same thing. And number one, uh, I'm so grateful to have friends like you that know me well enough, you know, to like find these things and think of me and whatever. And number two, there's probably no perfect, no more perfect couple than you and Jesse. That's very sweet. (laughs) Thank you. Except for maybe me and Lindsay. Well, we're, you know, we're, we're right out there with you. Yeah. But you guys, you, you and Jess are two peas in a pod for sure. Thank you. And uh, we're lucky to have a, a friend like you to care for. Yeah. I'm glad that I have a friend that I'm, I feel inclined to do nice things for. Yeah. Some people have shit friends. and They do. Yeah. And it's like, well, f- fuck them. Yeah, fuck <laughs> I would have seen that and be like, oh, I bet we're better would like to have this. And then like just... make sure somebody in the store buys yeah. it. Like <laughs> pawn it off to somebody. Like you need yeah. to buy this so my friend can. Yeah. <laughs> or buy it for myself and then <laughs> look, what you know, look what i got i would be i would have been like oh yeah mm, okay <laughs> this is going in my own personal collection <laughs> just for me thrawn looks like he would be uh like he he would taste like the blue ice cream at king's island oh my god yeah he does he's like the exact same shade yeah you know you mentioned earlier this this figure kind of looks like uh um, Grand Moff Tarkin a little yeah. bit, kind of Peter Cushing. Mm-hmm. Um, have you watched Kubo and the Two Strings yet? No. Um, I thought it looked good. It's amazing. It's really good. It's very. It's kind of sad. Mm-hmm. It's it's a little heavier than like your normal kids movie. Um, but we were watching it, and all I could see when it got to a certain point was. Uh, like, try, hopefully no spoilers, but the Moon King, okay, in the movie, looks just like Peter Cushing, mm-hmm. and then he has a symbol on his chest, okay, that's supposed to be the moon, 
but it's a circle, okay? And then there's a circle inside of it, and then uh, that that circle is like solid, filled in. Yeah. And then it has an offset circle cut out of it, and then it's like worn down on one side. Yeah. It's the fucking Return of the Jedi Star Destroyer or uh, Death Star. Is it really? Like hundred percent straight up. It's so uh. funny, and I was like looking at, it, I was like. His chest really looks like the Death Star. And then they showed it a couple more times. And I was like, yeah. that is the Death Star. <laughs> and then the more I like was looking at his face, I was like, this is a this is a tribute. Yeah. Like, they modeled him after Grand Moff Tarkin. I'm going to have to look this up real Yeah, quick. just look up Moon God, or Moon King, Kubo, and the Two Strings. And you, it's like the first thing that pops up is like, oh, look, it's Peter Cushing. <laughs> Peter Cushing, Moon King. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, dead on. Yeah. You're right. But I thought it was really, really cool. I thought it was a really cool uh, tribute to him. Yeah. That's pretty neat. And when when I figured out, or at least when I noticed that, mm -hmm. I started to wonder, and I haven't looked into it, but I started to wonder if the whole Kubo and the Two Strings story, uh, if it was like based on something that might have influenced Star Wars in general. Yeah. Because like we know Star Wars was influenced by The Hidden Fortress, which yeah. is a samurai, a Kurosawa samurai film. So I was wondering if maybe Kubo... There were some elements from, like, Kubo's original story. Although, I don't know if Kubo is actually based on anything or not. Well. That's why I would have to research it. Google would be your friend. Yeah. Yes, it would. Have to look it up. I will. <clears throat> well, uh, folks. That, that about does it for this week. Now, what's next week? What are we going to do next week? I don't know. What do you, what do you want? Hmm... Hmm. What would be good? What would be a good thing? Huh. You want to do do you want to have like like an like an old school gaming night like you did with Andrew and maybe just talk about some some old different old video games or something? Well, the only problem with that is I feel like if we do an entire gaming night we might end up ruining the chance to do an episode dedicated to one different one game. Uh, you know, if well, we, I mean, we do you want a bunch? We, or we could pick out one. Yeah, we could pick one and, game and play for a couple hours or yeah. something. See how far we can get. Yeah, something we like could that. Do that. I mean, we've done movies and we kind of did this board game now and. I, I think we need to we need to get back to something nostalgic for sure. Yeah. I mean something. You know, right from the 80s, and I don't want to necessarily jump to another movie yet. Although 80s horror is coming up soon, I'm telling you guys. <laughs> what do you think? A game's cool with me. I don't see that, and that's the thing, though. I think uh, I might have to leave it up to you to pick, because I do not have a lot of playing experience with either the Nintendo or Super Nintendo. I never owned one. I will make it a point to... Uh... I'll find something in the next few days here that I've never played. Okay. And we can, uh, we'll go in and 
Yeah. We're going fresh. Pick up, see how far we can get in a new old game. Yeah. Oh, real quick though, speaking of which, have you seen the uh, new Super Nintendo game they're releasing? It's a Indiegogo campaign. They're releasing a brand new Super Nintendo game on cartridge. It's and it's called like it's a it's a head to head fighting game. Hmm. You have to look it up. You can pre-order it on Amazon actually really? right now. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But brand new, hmm. first game to come out for Super Nintendo in 22 <laughs> years. That's the power of living in the modern day. Yep. It's like you just kind of choose which time period you want to live in. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. All right, well, um, stick around and uh, talk to you in just a few seconds. And that was another episode for you. about boss monster and hopefully you're going to run out and purchase it for yourself and play with all of your friends yeah or if you don't have any then you can just set up the two-player game and walk around the table uh every time it's time for the uh, next player to take a turn yeah see if you can beat yourself yeah just don't beat yourself off (laughs) (laughs) so um check us out all across social media and the interwebs um our dot com super divorce me dot com uh check us out on facebook uh super divorce twitter at super divorce instagram at super divorce band snapchat at super divorce uh make sure to email us divorce club at super divorce me dot com you can go to our website scroll down to the bottom and add your your email to that to our mailing list and Soon we have a lot of news for you. A lot of things happening. Uh, first, you'll get a, a brand new rough track of a song yeah. exclusively through our email. That's not going to be posted anywhere. So Nowhere's. That's just for you if you sign up. It's just for you. So uh, that's the first thing you'll get. And then soon enough, you'll start hearing a bunch of other news. We go to record in less than two months. Jesus. So. I still haven't touched an instrument. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't this fucking computer i know i know it's gonna be it's gonna be uh an interesting uh month yeah you got a lot to do but uh in the meantime follow me on instagram at benderbutt twitter at benderbutts and snapchat at benders butt and get in touch with me across social media uh nicholas villars at nicholas villars on instagram Twitter, and look me up on Facebook if you want to. Oh, same for me. I'm on Facebook, too. I like Facebook. Yeah. So, um, that is it. That's all we got this time. We're going to come back next week, and we will be telling you all about a session of gaming featuring a game that we have not decided upon yet, but we will, and it'll be lots of fun, and we can't wait to tell you all about it, friends. Yeah. So be back here next week, and until then, uh, stay stay uh, nice and fresh, and uh, yeah, enjoy, chefs. Super divorce.